For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we'll be talking to Reverend John Stone. John, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. Uh, John was originally born in South Carolina and was an RUF campus minister for 11 years at um, no, for 11 years total, but four years at Bellhaven College, which is now Bellhaven University, right? That's right. And then seven years at the University of Tennessee. Uh, he was the assistant coordinator for RUF for 15 years. He's a currently uh, the part-time associate pastor at Redeemer Church in Knoxville, and then part-time with RYM, uh, serving as the youth leader advancement coordinator. Uh, so, John, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your family before we get into the, the questions for the week? Sure. Well, I'm married to my wife, Marissa, and we've been married uh, on July 31st here in eight days from this recording. We'll be married 25 years, and uh, we have three children, Sarah, who's 22, who now lives in Nashville. She just graduated from the University of Tennessee with a nursing degree, and she's working, going to work at St. Thomas Hospital in Nashville. Then Catherine, her middle daughter, is here in Knoxville. She's a, uh, she'll be a junior at the University of Tennessee Pretty sure she's majoring in business. That's changed. She she wants to run an animal rescue shelter. Mm-hmm. Loves animals. Then my youngest daughter Mary Simpson just graduated high school and will be moving to Oxford, Mississippi, to go to the University of Mississippi uh, this fall as a freshman. And uh, we've lived 22 years in Knoxville, so this is home. And um, yeah, that's us. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, John. Uh, again, thanks for making time. I know you got a lot on your plate. Um, this week, what we're going to be doing, just with John being uh, many uh, years in ministry, uh, from RUF campus ministry uh, to working inside a church now as associate pastor, um, just asking a lot of pastoral questions. Um, so, John, you know, you've served in full-time ministry for uh, decades, and a word that you hear in ministry all the time that's, that's thrown around is this word, discipleship. Um, in many ways, you know, it's a, it's a simple idea, uh, but I, I find that people define it, uh, think about it, and practice it differently. Um, so, so with that said, how would you define mm. discipleship, and, you know, what is discipleship, kind of practically speaking? All right, so that's a great question. I think your observation is pretty profound. I think that discipleship is probably, along maybe the word grace, one of the words <laughs> in that everybody uses, and everybody has a working definition, but it's just not the same for anybody. So I think discipleship has two components. Uh, Someone has to be taught. They have to learn what it means to be a Christian. They have to be taught from Scripture. Um, You know, there's just sort of an almost an academic side of what it means to be a disciple. Who is God and what are the Scriptures and, you know, what is the church and what is the kingdom and, you know, what is the story of Christianity? So there's an academic so there's this sort of teaching side, but then there's also a practicing side. 
And you, I think you tend to see, and probably because the way we're gifted and the way we're our personal bent, you see people tend to sort of go one way or the other. And I think, John, in our circles, since we're both PCA men and sort of on the reform side of the evangelical world, our branch of discipleship always certainly leans towards teaching and learning, uh, not so much towards living. Now, people will hear this and go, you know, that's that's not true. But but I think when you set out to disciple, whether it be youth, 20-year-olds, 34-year-olds, you have to keep the living side in mind. In other words, so, so my illustration is this. I would teach for years as an RUF campus minister. I would teach classes on leadership, trying to get my students to lead from a biblical perspective. And I never got the kind of fruit or commitment or Really, the results I wanted, I couldn't get them to live it out. But then I began to take them on mission trips, and it was like everything I taught sort of suddenly just made sense to them because we got them in a situation where, especially as we did cross-cultural missions or we did missions to people with real needs, suddenly things like prayer and serving and feeling helpless mattered to them so that that discipleship was really incomplete in my younger days as a, in ministry because I wasn't going and living with them. And, and I would say the more you can observe someone, for instance, trying to do forgiveness hmm. instead of just teaching them what forgiveness is, the better your discipleship is going to be. Certainly you have to talk about you know, forgiveness, uh, the parable of the unmerciful servant. We forgive for exactly the reason that we've been forgiven. That's, that's what you have to teach people. But until you sit with a person and watch them try to forgive someone, you're probably not discipling them. you got to have both. But for me, discipleship, I think for Christians, needs to be, we need to be more practically oriented than historically we've been. And he, these are, I'm going to mention these are very good things. But, you, you know, if you start a women's or a men's Bible study in your church, and it's a really good teacher. You're going to get one, two, three hundred people coming, and people just love to come learn from the Bible. Man, that's a good thing. Whatever you take away from this podcast, that's beautiful. <laughs> but getting them to go do something with it is discipleship, hmm. and it's not discipleship until they're doing it. So you know, there's this. And I'm sorry that I'm a Bible teacher and can't remember this. It says about Jesus that he chose twelve men to be with him and that like he wanted them to follow him around and watch how he lived. And I would say that the people I've seen who do the best job at discipling aren't necessarily introverted, extroverted. They're not necessarily great teachers or bad teachers. They know how to be with people. Hmm. And some of the most profound impact we had on students was that and what they remember all these years later was eating dinner with us. And watching us have a child misbehave and us lose control of the child, <laughs> you know, or when we, you know, they remember driving to New York City and, and you get frustrated in traffic and stop it. You know, it's so there's just this, I would just say discipleship, again, two sides, what we teach, but how we live and being with people in discipleship is much more important than is often talked about. Hmm. So as I'm sitting here, which, by the way, that was all really good. But as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, of James. Don't be hearers of the word only, but sure. be doers as well. So would you say that it's kind of 
you know, summarizing that, that there is a teaching, learning, sitting, receiving, feeding on information, but then the other aspect of discipleship that has to be there is also going out and doing it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I really agree with that. I didn't think about that passage, but that's certainly what I'm getting at. I mean, I, you know, I think about the passage where Jesus says, if you're at the altar offering your gift and remember somebody has something against you, immediately get up and go to them. And what's I think what's profound about that, John, again, in our circles, and I love our circles, is we have, we have a huge emphasis on worship and, concert, and the importance of worship. And Jesus is saying, if you're in the middle of worship and you realize that there's tension between you and a brother, stop worship and go fix that. That there is this massive amount of energy that, that you ought to give in being made right with somebody. And, I, you know, Again, I love who we are, but we teach so much that I just want to say discipleship isn't discipleship until you're doing something with it. So, so what advice would you? I mean, typically, you know, we 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 know we're speaking to a lot of PCA people. We know there are EPC people as well that listen to this, but primarily Presbyterian. Um, we've got some listeners that are, you know, outside of those circles as well, and we want to be sensitive to those listening. But um, what what critique would you? Uh, place on kind of the the Presbyterian church or, or youth worker listening to this about their mode of discipleship and how would you encourage them to kind of move forward? What what advice would you give? Kind of just, again, painting with broad strokes, but we know uh, there's a lot of commonalities across the board in the, the Presbyterian church of how discipleship looks. Um, so what's some advice you would give there? I mean, John, that's a, that's a great question. I'm saying it's a great question so I can think on my feet well here. Um, <laughs> Well, I think, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a good verbal processor. So I would say my first thought is listen to yourself talk to people both in your teaching context when you're either teaching a larger group or a small group or listen to yourself as you do one-on-ones and make sure that you don't only use the word understand. And you also you use words like, I want you to do this. So understandably, John, especially as you deal with youth, and, and, and all of us are sort of wounded ex-evangelicals. I grew up Southern Baptist, and you know, when I tell my own story, it was there can be some almost if you listen to my story and I don't tell it well, like, oh, the church messed me up mm-hmm. because it taught me that works were how I was saved. But discipleship is about sending people out to do something. So the, the way you would, you just need to make sure that you don't, you're not a, I want you to understand. I want you to understand. I mean, there's a, there's a place in discipleship where you say, look, you and I have talked about this four or five times. Let's don't talk about it again until you've done something about it. Mm-hmm. Until you've actually, you know, met with that person, apologized to that person, paid that thing back till you've stopped doing this. And it, you, there need to be action words in that. And I think we don't need to be afraid to tell people what to do. I mean, for good teachers, we certainly make the, the free offer of the gospel clear. But people want to know what to do, and they need to know what to do. And so I, I think that you, you've got to listen to yourself, and you've got to make sure your language— and I would say the second thing is, and you just need to take people with you more often. If you're a youth worker— one of your things needs to be, I'm with youth too much. When I run errands to Walmart, take youth. When you go play with your kids in the park, now there's a good work, you know, family differentiation. We want to honor that. And please don't. But 
I got to grab my kids because when I'm sick, so we're going to go to the park. Take a youth with you. As much as you can take people with you, that'll sort of solve that problem. I'm sorry. No. I, <laughs> I, no, I was about to. I'm sorry. I was about to burp right there. Uh, you can get no, I appreciate that. that. No, that we'll, I think we'll leave it in. Uh, that's just okay. more real. That's being with you. you know, that's sorry. Yeah, of, that's right. Being with me, yeah. <laughs> good application. Uh, no, I mean, that's... that's that's my good off the top of my head answer to that, John. No, I think that's great. I mean, that is vital. I mean, that's something that, um, yeah, yeah. I would think uh, in youth ministry, I'd run errands all the time for random things, um, and just think of those times. Okay, look, I can pick up a student. Uh, you can yes. spend time with them. They can watch you kind of behind the scenes a little bit more. Get to see you where you're not as polished. You know, when you're up and just speaking in a large group. Um, so I think those those moments are, are vital uh, for sure. And so, John, kind of as we draw this to a close, and this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, um, but if you had to kind of taking what all you just said and give a clear definition of discipleship, kind of make a concise, you know, sentence, two sentences, three, whatever, um, what what is discipleship? How would you how would you answer that? Discipleship is teaching people the truth about Jesus and His kingdom. And then living that out with them. Awesome. That's good stuff. All right. Thanks for that, John. Thanks. Thanks.